Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following presentation is brought to you by Sports Ethos. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. You got David and Isaac. Candace may or may not be with us tonight. Not sure she uh, pulled a sucker move and got last-minute tickets. She went to the game tonight. I'm mad at her. If she comes on, I'm probably going to mute her so she can't talk. But uh, we're starting Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> come out. They take care of business. After getting punched in the mouth in game one, they came out with more energy, more intensity. They wanted this game more. You could see it from early on. Final score, 124-96 to 96 to tie the series up 1-1. One to one. And now they pack their bags and head to Minnesota. Isaac, this was a good showing from the Grizzlies. They were able to get Carl Anthony Townsend to some foul trouble. And so that limited his ability to be effective. But I don't know that it was even the foul trouble as much as it was Taylor Jenkins making adjustments. Yeah, I didn't. I, I think. I, oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you're Go good. Ahead. Go ahead, man. You're good. I think adjustments are exactly what we saw tonight. Um, I think those were the questions coming out of game one. What adjustments would we see? And I think all the way across the board. Uh, I, I think that's something that at times we haven't seen from Taylor Jenkins and his staff. And I think tonight, I, I think they really made requisite adjustments to come out and, and get the job done. I mean, you talk about Carl Anthony Towns. Towns and Edwards combined for 65 points in game one compared to only 35 tonight. I mean, Edwards had 36 in game one by himself. I mean, he had more points in game one than they combined for tonight. I mean, it's just a, a much better job on a defensive end. I talked about on, on the first – on our last episode after game one about Edwards being too free, allowed to just step into jump shots, and that they need to make him feel the defense. And tonight they did exactly that. I mean, there was nothing easy for him out there uh, tonight. I mean, he got going a little bit in that third quarter and early fourth and hit, hit a few shots. But, I mean, when you have guys basically on your ass out there – like they want him tonight, it's not so easy to, to knock down those shots. I mean, I think in game one, the, the rim probably looked like an ocean to him tonight. Everything was a struggle tonight. And, and I just think they did a fantastic job throwing different guys at him. And that's what you want to see. Um, I think you saw more Dylan Brooks on him tonight. Um, I, that was kind of my question coming out of game one. Would they, would you still have mostly Dylan Brooks on D'Angelo Russell? And we saw a lot of Dylan Brooks on Anthony Edwards tonight. And Kyle Anderson on that day. I mean, we just, they just threw different bodies at him and, and, and double teams at him and, and frustrated him, man. He just really couldn't get going except a little bit, like I said, at the end of that third quarter and fourth quarter, but didn't have didn't have nearly the impact that he had in game one. And that's what you want to see, and that's what it's going to take in order for the Grizzlies to win the series. They were really good. They were physical with him, and if you watch this game, you saw people bumping him. They made all night. contact with him all night yeah. long. The beginning of this game, it looked like it was going to be terrible. There, there were so many foul calls. What was it like? 33, foul, 33 fouls in the first quarter. The entire game one was 70, and that was an extremely physical game. They were almost halfway there in the first quarter. That's how bad it was. Zach Zarba 
what was the crew chief uh, for, for the staff. And it was brutal in the first first quarter, man. Just no rhythm at all. Just you, you couldn't that we wasn't watching basketball. The first four minutes of the first quarter, we saw more referees than we did basketball players. And it was ridiculous. And that's not like this is not a oh, my goodness, they called it unfair for the Grizzlies. It's been both ways. It's been really, really crappy. This series through these first two games, it's been bad both ways. You, you will get some crazy people will get hacked on one end. You go down to the other end of the floor and, and you breathe on them wrong and they're calling a foul. And so I, I feel like they were able to finally put the whistle in their pocket. I don't know if somebody, you know, when they were on the phone to Secaucus, if yeah, somebody was like, like, hey, bro, like, man, calm this down, man. Yeah, swallow that whistle already. <laughs> like, what's going on? But I, I hate it when referees make that type of impact. There was no flow to the beginning of this game. Thankfully, after that first quarter, moving on through the second half, I don't know if it was the players adjusting to the way that they were calling the fouls or if the referees actually just kind of swallowed the whistle a little bit. Judging by the number of fouls, you would say that the referees swallowed the whistle a little bit. But good showing. Jaron Jackson came out, struggled at first, and then he was able to get it going. But I, I think the story of the night has got to be Taylor Jenkins. When Steven Adams picks up that second foul, he played two minutes and 50 seconds in this game. Yep. And we see Taylor Jenkins go to Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman ends up playing almost 21 minutes in this game and was massive. Played great defense on Carl Anthony Towns, six for seven from the field, made his free throws, four rebounds. Or I'm sorry, I looked at that, four offensive rebounds, seven total rebounds from him. And this is a guy that has been kind of in and out of the rotation all year long. Kudos to him, kudos to the coaching staff and everybody that worked in order to keep this guy ready to come in and make an impact because this series is not built for Steven Adams. And that's not to say moving forward throughout the playoffs that we will not see Steven Adams back in the starting lineup. I kind of hope we, we saw Kyle Anderson come out as the four with Jaron at the five in the second half. I'm hoping that Jenkins goes to that in this series, but if the Grizzlies get past the Timberwolves in round two, and they match up against Golden State. Steven Adams can eat against that. Yeah, oh, just he you you can hide him. That that, um, Draymond Green is not going to destroy you offensively. He does not have it. It is not there. So Steven Adams can be out there on that end of the floor on him and punish them on the offensive glass. They will have nobody to contend with him. And so while he's not a fit for this series, that's not to say we're not going to see big things from him as the Grizzlies continue throughout the playoffs. I, I, I'm in shock, honestly. I cannot believe that we saw Taylor Jenkins make the adjustments. I, after game one and the talk and what we were hearing from him, I did not think that we would see him make this type of adjustment. This was huge, and it definitely won them this game. Yeah, I, I talked about it this morning, and that's one of the adjustments that I wanted to see, but I wasn't convinced that we'd see it, especially even pregame. Uh, Taylor Jenkins kind of talked about adjustments, and he kind of said, that, well, you kind of look at what the other team's doing and kind of predict from what you saw in game one what kind of adjustments they would make. And you kind of thinking, well, that doesn't really sound like he's going to do much different because he was kind of saying it was, it was more on us than it was anything the Timberwolves were doing with, against us. And, and we just need to get right ourselves. 
Uh, but like you said, man, Stephen Adams picked up those two fouls, man, and that was basically it. Um, and shout out to Stephen Adams um, for being a, being a pro. I mean, Taylor Jenkins talked about this in a post-game press conference. Uh, he said that he, he went to Stephen Adams and told him that he was going to make the move. And Steve said, man, we want I want to win. And whatever it takes for us to win, coach, I'm here for you. And, and a lot of guys it, of his stature, veteran guys, wouldn't have taken that so lightly. I mean, you see him after the game. He's jumping up exciting like at the, at the final buzzer like he had just hit a game winner. Uh, so shout out for him, an ultimate team guy, vet in the locker room and, and is willing to do anything this team needs him to do to win. And we kind of talked about that on the last podcast that we didn't feel like he was a guy that would be a malcontent or anything if this move happened, and it, and it did. And, and shout out to X, man, next man up, to come into a, a high-leverage playoff game like this and perform the way he did. And, and, and I, like I said, man, I, I said that this was something that I wanted to see because I've seen Tillman in his defense against bigger players, and he, he's, he's really good. Uh, I mean, he, he's a guy that doesn't get beat. He sticks to his man. Sometimes he just gets overpowered by sheer size, but he, he's not – guys are not going to usually lose them. I mean, he, he sticks to his man. I think he did a tremendous job uh, defensively against Carl Anthony Towns when he was in the game. Also on the offensive end, man, did a fantastic job of finishing through contact, uh, some some and ones. Like you said, had a seven rebound, super efficient, six of seven uh, from, from the field, man, in 21 minutes. And, man, they, they I don't think they win this game without him. I mean, who would have thought coming into this series that – X would be a guy that could, could possibly swing a game. And I think he was a big part of the reason why they were able to, to win this game tonight. I saw your tweet before this game. And I was like, what is this dude doing? You were talking about the depth and the Grizzlies playing that depth. And I'm like, it's the playoffs. You, you, you shorten your rotation in the playoffs. You shorten the rotation there were 11 guys playing in this rotation. Steven Adams only played two minutes, but, you know, so it would still be a 10-man rotation. Taylor Jenkins has been a 10-man rotation guy throughout the season, but this is not something that you typically see in the playoffs. But if your bench is going to come in and play the way that these guys played, yeah, let, let it ride. We, we saw a little bit of life from Mr. Do-Something tonight after he was Mr. Do-Nothing in game one. He, you know, he's got seven points. He did have two turnovers, three assists, two rebounds. He was impactful on the defensive end of the floor. He looked like DeAnthony Melton. Only played 18 minutes, but still productive Eight uh, productive 18 minutes. Zaire Williams came in and played well. Three for five from the field for him. Didn't miss it. He didn't miss a free throw. Shot well from the free throw line. How about that? The Grizzlies shoot 78% from the free throw line, and they win the game. I love it. But, but these guys, I, I think they proved tonight that the moment's not too big. And I'm not a huge fan of, of not too high, not too low. This is one game. They have three victories to go. I'm happy that they won this game because if they lost this game, that, that it's trouble. It's very troublesome for the Grizzlies to go down 0-2, going back to Minnesota at a place they haven't won this year. So they were able to, to – kind of not take it back. They still got to go and get one in Minnesota to take back home court advantage, but they put their, they set themselves up to be in a good position moving forward and a lot of good stuff. John Morant tonight, nearly a triple double said he didn't even realize it. And until like almost right before he was coming off of the floor with 23 points, 10 assists and nine rebounds. 
And Taylor Jenkins, missed, he mentioned the guard rebounds tonight. And if you go through, you look at guard rebounds, Ja had nine, Bain had four. You got Zaire with one, Tyus. All my numbers are running together. Four from Tyus. De'Anthony Melton had a couple. So it was a gang rebounding job from the Grizzlies, and they won the, the rebounding 48-40, to 40, and that's something in game one that they did not do. But you saw it going from the first quarter, fighting on the offensive glass. You saw them getting in there and banging, and the energy, they really made it a point to come out into this game and impose their will. They were able to do so. Yeah, and, and Taylor Jenkins talked about before the game uh, that their game plan tonight was going to be to be aggressive but disciplined. And and you saw that out there on the floor tonight. I mean, only two guys, Eric Jackson Jr. had four and, and BC had four. And in a game that, that was called as tight as this one, especially with Jared, you would expect him to probably foul out. Uh, the fact that he didn't foul out his game and played 27 minutes, I think, shows you that, I mean, he, he made improvements on that end tonight. There weren't, weren't as many silly fouls by him tonight. The fouls that he got, there were a couple that, that you could say that, that might have not been the smartest, but for the most part, they were just fouls, just general playing fouls that you you got, you got to pick up when, you, when you're playing defense. Uh, but I think it's really good to see him knock down some threes tonight. Uh, hopefully that gets him going because they need that offense from him. Um, to go 4-7 from three tonight, man, hit some big threes late. Also with De'Anthony Melton to knock down two threes. You love to see him see a couple go in. Hopefully that gets him going, man. And shout out to, to Zaire. I, I mean, he's showing that this moment is not too big for him at all. I mean, you go back to, to October, November, and, and this kind of deer and headlights guy we're seeing out there on the floor. And, and shout out to this, this coaching staff, man. They stuck with him, even when they probably – there were times where it didn't look like they should have. And, and it paid off. I mean, it's paying off right now. Playing dividends and this, who would have thought that we'd be seeing him playing play a playoff minutes right now? 19 minutes in a playoff game. I don't think anybody saw that coming from Zaire Williams back in November. Uh, with 13 points tonight, man, knocked down the three, six to six from the free throw line. There's one time where he got fouled on the corner three, stepped up and knocked down all three free throws. The poise from him has it, been been super super impressive. But uh, I do want to talk about about John ja Morant tonight. Um, and, and there have been some people that have at times, of course, even coming out of game one that you looked at, what do you have, 32 points in game one? Um, even though he only scored 23 points tonight, I think tonight he played a much better game than he played in game one. Um, a lot of people said that he should pass the ball more. And, and I think tonight, especially in, a, in that second second quarter and early third quarter, I mean, just a master class of facilitation. I mean, he saw, and I don't know if this was by design, coming out of game one and kind of saw what the defense was doing to him or – then he kind of made this decision tonight, but he saw that the defense was making it tough on him getting into the paint. He wasn't getting any calls. He, he drove over and over, looked like fouls, wouldn't get any calls. So he decided, okay, well, they're still double and triple teaming me. So if, if I can't get to the basket, I can't get foul calls. I'm going to kick it out to open guys because they're double teaming and triple teaming me. So somebody's open. And I mean, he facilitated and found, found his teammates cutting, found it out to open shooters for, for threes. I mean, it was, just beautiful, uh, beautiful basketball and ball movement by him. Um, he kind of took a step back, and that's what you want your superstar, your leader to do. If it's not working for them, find, find your teammates and make them better, and that's what we saw from him. And then eventually he got going offensively um, and was able to get to the basket, do some things uh, scoring-wise. And, I mean, it was just a, a fantastic game to me. And like I said, even though he scored 
30 plus, 32 in, in game one and only had 23 tonight. I think he played a much better game tonight. It was much more effective uh, for the team tonight than what we saw in game one. And the left the game, man, a scary moment. Guy need on a moving screen by Carl Anthony Towns that wasn't called. And he was asked about it about the game. You could tell he was pissed about it. Um, he was yeah. like, but uh, he was like, I got need in the other quad. Uh, last game, you saw me come out, come out and play. He's like, I'm a warrior. I'm good. I played on concrete. But when he was asked about it, you could tell that he wasn't happy about about the play. Um, it was a pretty dirty play, and I and I was I tweeted that out on Twitter. Patrick Beverly is not the only dirty guy on his team. All those guys are kind of chippy. They 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 do things, they cheat, and do 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 little moves that could, could hurt you. I mean that that's what kind of concerns me about that because you see some stuff on with these guys defensive, and they get frustrated, and and they'll do some 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 foul stuff out there when they get frustrated. That that screen was frustrated it was definitely done on purpose uh there's no question about it like he didn't have to have to do that I, it looked like he was trying to take Ja out I mean that's what I what I saw from and I can understand Ja's frustration on that I I know his fourth foul his by him I mean Carl Anthony Towns he shot a three and he stuck his foot out and Does tripped Xavier time. Tillman and they called it I was so because I saw yeah. that I'm like man if they call this on Tillman, he stuck his foot out. This ruling, the change in the rule, was all about non-basketball moves. If it's a non-basketball move, the foul gets called on the offensive player, not the defensive player. They got that one right. Candace has made her way into the show with us. We're going to keep her muted, though, because she sold us out and went to the game. Not going to let her <laughs> jump in here at all. Candace, you got to be there at the, the FedEx Forum. And I, I want to – there was something in the post-game presser that X was talking about, and he said – he was talking about the energy and how loud it gets inside the forum whenever the crowd is roaring. And so you being there tonight, and I think Isaac and I have both been to playoff games, been to that kind of – you know, the, the atmosphere that happens at the forum. Can you kind of speak on the energy and the noise, just the volume that Grizz Nation brings inside the forum? Yeah, yeah, it, it was electric. It was electric. It was great. Excellent atmosphere. Uh, this was my first uh, playoff game actually going in person. So it was really, really exciting. Um, great that we got the win. Uh, but yeah, man, it gets it gets loud. It gets loud. Um, everybody's rowdy. Everybody's into it. Um, it, it all, all ages. And just seeing those towels, you know, waving, especially the, uh, the classic whoop that trick. I think the highlight for the night, obviously, was was that song. Um, so it was it was just great energy all around. Um, I know that the team could feel that. Um, everybody in the arena could feel it. I mean, even leaving, exited, exiting the FedEx Forum, everybody screaming, you know, let's go Grizzlies. I, it was it was great, you know. Um, just from beginning to end, I'm I'm so glad I got the opportunity to go. Um, like I said, sold you guys out. <laughs> got some got a last minute opportunity to get a chance to go. And, and man, um, it's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like playoff basketball in Memphis, Tennessee. So we, Isaac and I have been kind of rambling along here, and you may repeat some of the stuff that we did, but that is quite all right. What was your biggest takeaway from the game tonight? Yeah, my biggest takeaway was adjustments, 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 adjustments. I think that this, I think that with the strengths that the Timberwolves had that we talked about the last time, it was going to require doing something outside of the ordinary. It was going to require playing it like playoff basketball, not regular season basketball. Um, you guys, I'm sure you guys talked about Xavier Tillman because he was, um, he was a spark plug. 
for for this team. I mean, he really came in. His energy changed the game. Um, I don't know if they really game planned or scouted for him or what. I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. They didn't account for that. And um, his impact off the bench was incredible. Um, we needed to see less Stephen Adams minutes, and it looks like he played. Um, less than three minutes in total. Um, it was it was minus one. I think uh, the decision for, for Taylor Jenkins to go more small ball with Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman, and even um even Zaire got got a pretty good um got, got a lot of defensive got got a lot of time. Nineteen minutes here that he got. Uh, Cal Anderson, I think. Um, I think we were able to go deep in our bench. I think our bench was really a strength for us. Um, and and was able to to be better than I think um, anything that Steven Adams would have been able to give us tonight. And it made the difference. Um, I feel a lot more confident knowing that we have um, a coaching staff that's willing to use and take advantage of the versatility um, that this roster has to offer. There aren't a lot of teams that can go this deep in their bench and have this many answers. And it was just a matter of if Coach Jenkins was going to be willing to stray from the norm and do that. And so now that I've seen he can do that, it gives me a lot more confidence, even when they're going into Minnesota, um, just because we have a lot of versatile, switchable bigs um, that made it hard on Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and then we've got, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr., who is the defensive anchor. And it was really good to see him get going today as well. But um, I'm, I'm excited about seeing how they continue to play chess match. I'm sure they'll do a little bit more scheming up for Xavier Tillman um, in the next game in Minnesota. But I still think that we have enough answers um, in our bench to be able to um, answer any any or throw, be able to step up to any challenges that they try to throw in our way. Yeah, we, we definitely we, we discussed that, and that's you know I, I was giving Isaac a little bit of a hard time because he was saying on Twitter that that Jenkins needed to use the depth. And I'm I'm sitting here the whole time like no he doesn't this is the playoffs and uh, you know I was I was wrong and I'm okay being wrong in that situation. I was gonna say they expound on the the, the bench scoring uh, from from game one Grizzlies lose the battle of the bench forty three to thirty two and they win it 60, 60 points off the bench tonight for the Grizzlies mm-hmm. to forty three uh, for for the Timberwolves and in game one Beverly and uh, Beverly uh, uh, not Beverly um, what am I talking about. Who's my, my train of thought? Uh, McDaniels and Beasley. Uh, Beasley, McDaniels and Beasley combined for 38 in game one and only nine points combined for those two tonight. So a big, big difference tonight. And I think that was a big part of the game because the Grizzlies, I think, in, in this series, they have to win the bench minutes uh, because I think you got to look at those starting lineups and you have those three guys in Russell, Edwards, and Towns. It's going to be tough to kind of beat them with the starting lineup. So the Grizzlies have to take advantage of the bench and they didn't do that in game one, and they did it in a big way tonight. Yeah, and I say the only other uh, is really not a major observation, just a slight observation. It was a great game for Dylan Brooks to have a bad game offensively. <laughs> um, I think our Jaron was shooting, and so it made up for everything. But <laughs> no, he's um, got to throw shade at my guy. No, I'm not throwing shade at Dylan. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think I, I it actually I know it sounds shady, but I actually mean it in the sense of I know he'll bounce back right when we're in Minnesota on the road. Um, and so I think he'll have a better offensive game and we might need it more then because I'm not sure if our bench will be able to score as much as they did, you know, when yeah. we're at home. So I think that'll be the just not I know it sounds shady, but I I, I hey, like Zaire Zy- cover for him. We good. Zaire came in to cover for him off the bench. I don't even like we you good. guys anymore. I don't even like, I'm out of here. Y'all finish the show. <laughs> but you know, DB was still a, a plus 17. So to be honest, yeah. that's, that's 
darn impressive and really impactful. It says a lot about his defensive effort that he uh, that he put out there on the floor for him to steal. I mean, he only had nine points, and um, tonight you didn't you didn't need it. Um, I think this this team just went that deep. It was about our our bench tonight, and it might be about something else we might need him. I know we're going to need him to step up on the road, and so I look forward to seeing a good bounce back game from him too. Yeah, in a seven game series, there's going to be a number of different things that have to occur in order for you to win it, even if you are the superior team. And I think that it's safe to say, even after game one, you know, I sat on here and I said, I said Grizz in five, and I mean that. I think that the Grizzlies are the superior team to the Timberwolves, but you still, adjustments are made. And and Finch has done a great job making adjustments. Taylor Jenkins, I think that he surprised us all tonight with with this call, you know, we, yeah. we were concerned. We were worried. It, we, we talked about it, you know, in the last show quite a bit. And then here he is tonight. So, you know, maybe somebody actually walked up and slapped the butt out of him. And um, I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. I'm going to take full credit because I encourage somebody to do it and it happened. What's up, guys? It's David. Before we go any further, I've got to take a couple moments here to tell you about our new partner at Ethos Grizzlies, Ember and Valor. Ember and Valor specializes in beard care products. Let them take your beard to the next level with their easy two-step process. You get started with the beard oil to condition your skin and prevent the dreaded beard itch. You finish it off with Ember and Valor's Beard Balm to condition and shape your beard. Go over to emberandvalor.com right now and use promo code ETHOSGRIZ for 25% off. Let them get you the beard you've always wanted. Emberandvalor.com, E-M-B-E-R-A-N-D-V-A-L-O-R.com. Promo code ETHOSGRIZZLIES for 25% off. I've got to run it by you one more time. I can't allow you to miss it. 25% off at emberandvalor.com right now using our promo code ETHOSGRIZZ. That's E-T-H-O-S-G-R-I-Z-Z at emberandvalor.com for 25% off of all of their products. Ember and Valor makes all of their products using all natural ingredients. Get over there, check them out, use the promo code, let them know we sent you. You will not be disappointed. Emberandvalor.com. Look good, feel good. Well, man, I, what, what I really want to see is I really want to see the Grizzlies come out and, and step on their throat tonight, and that's exactly what we saw. I mean, of course, you want to win a game, and even if they won by one point, you're happy, but I, I feel like, I feel like Minnesota was too confident coming out of game one. I felt like they need to be humble a little bit. And I think that, that's what happened tonight. I mean, you saw guys losing their cool. Uh, I mean, you that played. I don't think Candace was wasn't on here when we talked about the the screen set by Carl Anthony Towns on, on John Morant. I felt like the play was dirty. Yeah, it was a, a moving yeah. screen. They didn't they didn't call it. What, what did you think about that when, when you saw it live, Candace? Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's dirty. I mean, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty obvious. It's pretty apparent, and I, and. I, the ref, the refereeing was a challenge again today. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, to say the least, <laughs> a, a challenge. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of the things where you, you're right. I, I don't know if it's the culture of Pat Bev and he sort of encouraged them to do that kind of thing. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, maybe Cat was dirty before or did dirty plays beforehand, but I, I just didn't know him to be that kind of a player. But I think that sort of mindset rubs off on other players, unfortunately. I, mean, I just wish that we could get 
um, a little bit more respect as a superior team on our end when it comes to the referees. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's weird, and we go to Minnesota and we get the calls we need. Who knows? Um, with the way the ref, the refereeing, yeah, you just never know. This year, <laughs> um, it's been pretty wild and uh, wild ride. But in, but anyway, yeah, uh, I, I'm glad Jai's okay. That's what matters most. I I'm I'm hot about the play anyway. But I'm just glad that he'll be able to shake it off and sort of, you know, rest and recoup. And it all it all the more reinforces how glad I am that there's a lot of space between, you know, we've got some rest opportunities between these games because they're going to need it playing this team. They did. Just, they just are. Yeah, we, we talked about it before you came on here. I was asked about that play um, in the post game, and you could tell that he was pissed off about it uh, when, when he asked about it. He got kind of aggressive about it. He was like, man, I, I got need in the other quad last game. You saw me still come out and play. He, he was like, man, I'm a warrior. I played on concrete. But you could tell that when, when he was asked about it, that he felt like it was a dirty play. He didn't say anything. He didn't mention Cat's name. But you could just tell body language-wise and the way he responded that he was kind of upset about the way that went down. Because it was. Because it was. They're frustrated because they're not winning and they playing dirty. But, um, you know, they go low, we go high. And Jaws okay, like I think. So um, that's what matters. We just got to – I just hope that we can get these calls right um, moving forward, but but who knows. Either way, I was glad that we didn't let that frustrate us. I think I'm, I'm proud of the poise that the team showed. Uh, that first quarter was rough. Um, it was rough um, in a lot of ways from a, from a um, foul-calling standpoint, but we were able to stay composed and, like you said, um, just stick our, stick our foot on their neck, and we just didn't let go. I, there wasn't really an opportunity – for the Wolves to get back in this game. And I think um, they're going to need to continue to have that mindset. I like the attack mindset that they kept. Um, they'll need it for the rest of this series because you don't want to let your guard up against this team. Um, but if we can do that and we continue to make, um, you know, make the adjustments and play the chess pieces the way we need to, um, I I feel really good about my Grizz and six, but you know I might might switch on over in a minute to David with Grizz and five. <laughs> okay, come on over, the water's fine. <laughs> so, you, Candace, you kind of touched on it a little bit there. I, I want to look ahead to this next game. Playoffs, we talk about adjustments. Jenkins done well. Game one, Finch was able to make the adjustments, lead the Timberwolves to victory. Game two, Jenkins made the adjustments, led the Grizzlies to victory. Heading into game three. What do you expect to see or what, what do we need to see? And like I said, you've already touched on it a little bit. What do we need to see from the Grizzlies to win one of these games in Minnesota? And whoever you guys, you got Alex or Alex. We don't even have Alex. I don't even know an Alex. What is going on? <laughs> Isaac can go first or Candace, either one. You guys take off with it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go. Um, I think just more kind of like Jared said it out in the games, there's more of what, we saw tonight, I think one big thing, uh, difference between game one and game two is the three-point shooting. Uh, Grizzlies lose the three-point battle 16-7. to seven. That's 27 points advantage for the Timberwolves in game one. Tonight, it was 11-11. to 11. And if the Grizzlies match them in three-point shooting, even come close, it's going to be hard, very hard for Minnesota to, to win games. I mean, that's, that's their ace in the hole when it comes to the Grizzlies is out-shooting them for the perimeter. If they can't do that, it's going to be tough for them. So I think continue with the perimeter defense, as we said, make it tough on those guys. In game one, they didn't do that tonight. They were extremely physical on Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. They didn't let those guys see a lot of daylight. Um, Anthony Edwards did hit some tough shots going into that late uh, third quarter, early fourth. But for the most part, man, they just made them feel the defense, as I asked for after game one, and just more of that. Uh, if they can 
stop them from knocking down threes or, or stay close to them, I, I think the Grizz will be fine. I think that's the biggest thing uh, going into these games. But it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be loud. They're going to have their crowd in it. Who knows how the games are going to be called. They got to stay poised. Um, as Jaron said, I mean, do the same things, man. When you're on the road, you don't have anybody but, but yourself. You don't have the crowd with you. Might not have the referees on your side, man. Just go out there and play your game. And we saw them play their game tonight. That was Grizzlies basketball. And they just need to pack that up, put it in a suitcase, put it on there on, on the jet, and, and and take it to Minnesota, man, and come out and do the same thing they did tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Isaac. I, I would agree with that point. And I'd, I'd add this as well. I can foresee, I might be wrong, but I can foresee uh, the Timberwolves trying to key in on one of these guys and when it comes to our switchable bigs that I mentioned before, Brandon Clark, um, Zaire Williams, I don't, he could count as a big. But anyway, he's got some length that bothered the Timberwolves to some extent tonight. Um, Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, Kyle Anderson, and Xavier Tillman. I think I can see them keying in on uh, some of the weaknesses of one or two of those. And so I think we'll find out what might end up being the best matchup, not just in terms of defense, but also offense. Like I noticed Kyle Anderson tonight only had two points, which is perfectly fine. I mean, he was still plus 24 um, on the court. So he's a real positive for us, but will that, um, will that have him have less minutes? Because when you look at everything tonight, everybody got somewhere between 18 to 20 minutes. It was pretty even spread out between our bigs. And I could see them not, not you know like just making one of them one one of them less effective or neutralizing one of them I don't know who it would be or how they would go about doing that but it's something to keep in mind and if they do make that adjustment then I'd be curious to see how we you know what combinations and rotations we use in retaliation um, to counter that yeah I think that if that's what they're focused on if they're focused on trying to neutralize Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, Xavier Tillman, then Taylor Jenkins is ahead of the game. Yeah. Because if that's where your focus has to be is slowing down these secondary guys, that means your guys like Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, these guys are going to get less attention. If you, you know, Brandon Clark has been phenomenal in this series. Isaac, do you still have the numbers up from game one? What was Brandon's stat line from game one? Uh, let's see. I can pull it up here quickly. Yeah, he was he was thirteen three points. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen both nights. I think. Yeah. Okay. So you know, yeah, he's thir- been, thirteen points, thirteen points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, and then game one. That was game one. There, dude. He yeah. had the same. Am I looking at the wrong game here? Oh, I'm not. No, that was game. That was tonight. Actually. Okay. I'm like, uh, did I'm he seriously just get the exact same stat line? What? No, I know. I Man, he had, he had 13, 13, 13, 13, 12, and two in game one. Yeah. Okay. So he actually had better numbers game one than he had tonight. Yeah. But yeah, it's still super effective tonight. And yeah. that's, you know, some of that is X coming in and playing the way that he did. Oh, for sure. And for Brandon sure. Clark got in a little bit of foul trouble and that kind of limited his minutes. But I, I'm fine. If, if Finch has to game plan around trying to slow down. Tillman are, you know, with the Grizzlies do not need Kyle Anderson on the offensive end. They need him to be out there rebounding the ball, playing good defense. And when he's, when he is on the offensive end, distributing the ball, you know, like he he is a high IQ basketball player who like just doesn't make mistakes. And that's what you need. You need guys that are going to come out and do the stuff that they need to do, be an elite role player, because that's what it takes to get to that next level. That's what it takes to go from 
round one into a deep playoff run. And so if these guys take some attention away from Jaron Jackson and he can get free and start playing the way that he was playing tonight at Minnesota, I think that it would be easy for the Grizzlies to steal a game up there. And I kind of hope that that's the way that it goes down. Yeah. And, and, I- and just to clarify, I'd like to say, you know, I – I know offensively, neither of these guys are going to be the huge threat that you're game planning for, per se. But I meant more from a defensive standpoint on how they bother Cat. Um, yeah. And to some, not, maybe not Anthony Edwards to some extent, but I know Cat is a huge factor when it comes to those small switchable bigs. I think they probably will have to do something um, in order to get Cat a little bit more freedom to play, at least, I mean, if they can. I don't know if I don't, we'll, we'll find out at the coaching level. Um, but it would be to their advantage to try to find a way to sort of get Cat some – you know, some comfortability because um, he's not comfortable with these guys playing on him. So uh, I meant more from that standpoint, but I know offensively, yeah, they, they won't be focusing on him in that way. Yeah, I talked, I, talked a, I talked a little bit about, about Ja earlier and how in the middle of the game, the six, second quarter into the third quarter, he kind of dialed it back and played facilitator. Um, and a lot of people had kind of asked for that. And I don't know if that was more by design or – he, uh, from game one, or he just kind of looked at what the defense was doing to him tonight. But I think he saw that they were making it tough on him getting into the paint. And then when he did get into the paint, he wasn't getting any calls. But Minnesota was still double and triple and double and triple teams at him. Uh, so he's like, man, if you're still going to double and triple team me, I'm going to penetrate and kick it out. Uh, somebody's open. And he, and he found his teammates facilitating. I think when they go on the road, I think there's going to come a game where they're going to need nuclear job, like one of those games where you really need him to close down the stretch. I think we'll see that at some point. But I love what I saw from him tonight. I mean, I think he picked his spots. He did eventually get going uh, there during the game offensively. Uh, but I, I love what I saw from him from, from a facilitation standpoint during the middle of the game. Because I think even though he only scored 23 points tonight, he scored, I think, 32 in game one, I feel like he played a much better game tonight and, and had more impact uh, on, on winning than he did in game one. Yeah, I'd agree. The ball movement was excellent. I don't know if you guys talked about that or not, um, but the ball movement was excellent. Even when Ja would kick it out, it wasn't just Ja kick it out. Yeah. Really a three. They weren't just watching kick them, it yeah. out and, and pop it around, you know, the perimeter of the floor, whatever, to get the best look. And sometimes it led to some open, open easy dunks, and sometimes it led to some some open, easy threes. But, but yeah, excellent ball movement all around. It started with Ja having that mindset, and I think uh, just because he's a leader of this team, when – when he's doing that, that's what that's what everybody else's game plan is. So I think that was a really big key, you know, 29 assists to 16 assists um, in the Grizzlies' favor tonight, and and that went uh, really far for us tonight. I mean, you look down, you look down the box score. I mean, Ja with 10 assists, you got Bain with four, you got Brooks with four. Yeah. Um, looking looking off the bench, we got a BC with two, uh, Tyus with three, Tyus with three uh, yep. Melton with three. Um, so I mean, you, you, I mean, really, really good ball movement tonight all the way around. I mean, and that's what. A lot of times I think we, we talked about that after game one, the offense got a little stagnant there and guys were kind of standing around watching John waiting for him to do something. And that was not the case at all tonight. I mean, they were aggressive uh, and moved the ball around and got great shots all night. Um, and, and tonight the difference is when they got those good shots, they knocked them down. How many times this season have we heard everybody eat? Everybody eats. That, yeah. that, that's something you hear. I know Taylor Jenkins has said it multiple times. The guys have said it in the post-game pressers on multiple occasions. The most impressive thing to me looking down this, this box score are the field goal attempts. Dylan Brooks, 11. Jaron had 12. Bain had 10. Morant had 16. Clark had eight. Zaire had five. 
Kyle had four, Tyus had eight, Tillman had seven, Melton had eight. Out of everybody that played big rotation minutes, four shot attempts was the lowest number, and that was Kyle Anderson. And we are completely fine with Kyle Anderson being the one that takes the least amount of shot attempts because he's got that funky hitch back in the top of his shot, and so we can just pass those off to everybody else. So this was a case of everybody eat tonight, and it worked out well. This team is at its best when everybody is eating, and they really adapted that tonight and put it into play. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm just looking forward to the game plan. I'm curious to see how that how things will go um, on the road. I know it'll be a rowdy. I I don't. I mean, with the way the whistle's gone, I'm I'm curious. To, it seems to be a narrative in, in each of these games. Uh, so I'm also curious as to how that's going to go. I'm looking forward to a bounce back game from Dylan Brooks. And um, I, I, I you guys talk about this before. I wonder if they'll. I mean, Stephen Adams only played 2.5 minutes tonight. Um, do you guys think that I, I don't think he starts? I, I think if you're going to play him that little minute, it's, it's not worth the honorary, ne- you know, title of starter, especially when you're talking about the playoffs. I mean, did you guys talk about that? If, if, if you think Adams will start or not? Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think I think he still starts him. I mean, that's me. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but just kind of knowing Taylor Jenkins, I think he might start him to kind of see how it goes. But I think I think. It proved tonight, I think, and, and I called for this kind of before the game, and it went exactly like I thought. I mean, probably even better. I mean, I, I knew X could come in and play solid defense, but I, I don't think we – I thought he would get what we got from him on the offensive end. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I got a feeling that they still go with the start, same starting lineup, and if it, it looks like it's not going to go well, they pull him and kind of go back to, to what we saw tonight. I mean, but, I mean, shout out to X for being ready. I mean, to come in, not been in the rotation, to be – thrown in a high-leverage playoff game and come in and play that way on both ends. Uh, I mean, yeah. and to be undersized and to play the type of defense that he played against Cat, I mean, offensively finishing through contact, got some M1s, uh, knocked down a free throw, uh, just just played really well tonight. Um, and, and I don't think they win this game without that move. I think that was a big part of, of why they were able to get out and, and, and get some separation from this team. I mean, just defense all night, I mean, all the way around was just much better in game one, I mean, it was just too easy for guys. They didn't have anything to think about game one. And when you don't have anything to think about, shots come easy. Um, and when you you feel feeling guys, they're being physical with you, they're bumping you, it, those shots don't come easy. Like Anthony Edwards wasn't smiling and laughing out there, knocking down those shots. I, we put out on Twitter, he, he said after the game, uh, that Coach, Coach Fitz might not like my shots, but I love my shots. I'm going to get them up. I was like, I love your shots for the most part tonight, too, uh, because he wasn't knocking down those same shots that he was knocking down in game one. So, yeah, that, that is interesting to see what's going to happen. But I got a feeling that he still starts Adam, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the length really disrupted Edwards tonight. Because I, I know that there were a couple plays specifically where some of the bigs got switched on him. There was one where Brandon Clark got switched on to him, and Edwards took a step back three. But Clark was long enough that he was able to contest the shot. Yeah. And that really disrupted his game. And that's what's great about having there, – there were a couple plays where Jaron ended up being his final defender and, and you know, kind of the same result. If Jaron switches on to Edwards, he can move his feet and stay in front of him. If X switches on to Edwards, he can move his feet and stay in front of him. And the list goes on. You got X and Tillman – or X is Tillman. You have X and Clark and Anderson and even Zaire to a certain extent of guys that have that length 
that they can still contest his shot. And I really, you know, Desmond Bain has proven that he's a good defender this year. I mean, he, he's not at the level that, that Dylan Brooks is. He did, he did a good job tonight, though. He, he, he really did. Yeah, you know, but I, I just – he just doesn't have the length. He, he does a good job when he's out there, but length makes a difference with a guy that is as long as Anthony Edwards. And, and I think that, you know, when his final shot or when his shot attempt went up with one of the guys that had length as his defender, that that's really what knocked him off of uh, his routine. Yeah, they did a fantastic job of switching all night. I mean, just team defense was just off the charts. And they got to keep that up. Uh, I mean, but that's that's what you got to do because these guys are hunting threes. I mean, that's what they're that's what they do. They they take a lot of threes and they usually make a lot of threes. Uh not not so much tonight. Uh but but again, I think if the Grizzlies can match them like they did tonight or or even come anywhere close, it's gonna be really, really tough uh for the Timberwolves to beat the Grizzlies because I mean that's their advantage. I think Outside of that, I think the Grizzlies have advantages in other areas, and I think that's kind of their big advantage. And if, they, if they're going to win this series, it's going to be because they really outshoot the Grizzlies from three-point range. And one game they did, one game they, they didn't, and hopefully we see more games like tonight uh, than we saw in game one going forward. Yeah, I, I think we can pretty well wrap this up. I, I don't have much of anything else to uh, to discuss on tonight's game. I think we pretty much covered it all. Uh, next game is Thursday in Minnesota. So, again, the, the Grizzlies have not won. They did not win a game in Minnesota this year. Going to be tough The in the play-in game. You could hear that crowd on TV, and that, that crowd is going to bring energy as well. And so the Grizzlies are going to have to have those hand signals right, get the communication right, and be ready to go up there and lock in to still one in Minnesota, hopefully. You guys got anything else before you get out of here? No. Uh, but, uh, I was going to say, I got a couple of stat things. First off, biggest margin playoff margin of victory in franchise history for the Grizzlies tonight at 26 points. Previously, previous record was 21 in one of the games against the Clippers. Um, and also just running down the, the team stats, some, some interesting stuff in here tonight. Uh, Grizzlies go 44 of 92 for 47.8%. Minnesota with only 76 shots uh, up tonight, 30 of 76 for 39.5. So that's plus 16 in field goal attempts. For the Grizzlies, and you don't usually see a margin like that. I mean, that's a lot of a big yeah. difference in shots. Uh, I yeah, mean, again, so sixteen shots on goal for the Grizzlies. Of course, eleven of thirty-four for the Grizzlies for thirty-two point four percent from three. Eleven of thirty-eight for Minnesota. I've talked about how big that is to to match them in threes. Grizzlies shoot well from the free throw line tonight, man. Finally, twenty-five of thirty-two for seventy-eight point one percent. Think that was big. Uh, Minnesota really good. Twenty-five of twenty-eight for 80, 89.3. Uh, Grizzlies got out rebounded 46 to 35 in game one. Turn that back around, man. 48 to, to 40 tonight with 14 offensive rebounds to only four from Minnesota. Um, and that's without uh, Stephen Adams recording a rebound tonight. So I thought that was big. 29 assists as we talk about that the ball movement was, re- was really good. Nine steals, only one block uh, tonight. That's weird. One to nine um, advantage for Minnesota. You're not going to see many games where the Grizzlies only have one block. I thought that was interesting. Um, Grizzlies with 28 points off turnovers tonight. That was big. Uh, and in the paint, the Grizzlies got outscored in the paint. Uh, well, they, they did. They outscored Minnesota in the paint 60 to 50 last game, but they get 60, 60 points themselves in the paint tonight and hold Minnesota to 34. So that's 26 point difference uh, in, in points in the paint that they knock off Minnesota from game one. So that's just a testament to their defense tonight, man. Just did a f- fantastic job all the way around. Minnesota was the highest scoring team in the league this season. 
and they were only held under a hundred points nine times before tonight. I was gonna say, yeah, last time February sixteenth, got to go all the way back to February sixteenth and a home loss to the Raptors. So I mean, that was something that what you saw the Grizzlies do tonight. That's something that teams don't do to Minnesota. Yep, good effort all around. The the pace you you look at the. I didn't realize the gap in shot attempts was that big. I've even been sitting here looking at this box score. That's a really, really impressive stuff. So we'll wrap it up and get out of here. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be back on Thursday night. Grizzlies play the Timberwolves in Minnesota game three. Hopefully the Grizz are walking away from that one with a 2-1 lead. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at David W2111. Candace is going to let you know where you can find her, and then Isaac will get us out of here. Yep, yep. You can find me on Twitter at Seahawks901. That's at C as in Cat Hawks901. Isaac? Yeah, Grizz will be back on the floor for game three in Minnesota as they travel to Minneapolis. Uh, line already out. Grizz is a two point favorite uh, going into game three up in Minnesota. Uh, game will be a 6 30 tip. They'll be on Valley Sports Southeast. Memphis also will be on TNT. So, uh, hopefully, we'll be next time we jump on here, we'll be discussing a 2 1 Grizzly Series lead. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. That's I S A A C underscore rivals. As I said, we'll be back on Thursday tonight for a post game. Uh, make sure you go over to SD those Grizzlies. Give us a like and a follow. We love that. And until next time, we go.